My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how you might know Seth Rogen. Seth is from Vancouver, British Columbia. He's really famous for his movies like uh, Superbad, Knocked Up, Pineapple Express, uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. He's also known for his laugh, which uh, sounds like this. And I did not enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's known for his uh, love of weed. He's talked about how it has helped him in his life and even has his own weed company. And then five years ago, Seth surprised a lot of people who thought they knew him. He posted a picture of seven pretty rudimentary clay objects. And uh, the caption on Instagram said, so maybe I joined a pottery studio so I could start making my own ashtrays. And then on Instagram, you saw Seth get better at pottery over the years and even started his own company selling these ashtrays and then mugs and bowls and sake sets. And now Seth is behind the new competition show called the Canadian Pottery Throwdown. Think like the great British baking show, but with a a kiln. Seth shows up on the show to judge the work of Canada's best amateur potters as they complete these weekly challenges. So what made Seth start loving pottery in the first place? As someone who's talked about living with ADHD and Tourette's, does pottery help with that? How has the imagery and design around weed paraphernalia changed since legalization? And how does Seth Rogen feel about being an artist who has to now judge other artists' work? I got to talk to Seth Rogen over Zoom from his home in Los Angeles. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Good. What's the, um, help me with this. Pottery ceramics, is there a, what's the, what's the difference there? I mean, there's probably, like, I'd say, like, technically pottery is maybe like a offshoot of ceramics, which is maybe the greater umbrella under which the art form is held uh, if we're getting real technical i guess yeah i i think i think pottery is a type of ceramics but uh don't don't quote i guess don't quote me on that as i'm on a radio interview so i guess quote me on that because yeah I'm, I'm saying it congrats on the show I, I really loved it it's really i was saying to you it's really sweet and, and peaceful and and lovely thank you i appreciate it it's nice to you know it's nice to put something like that in the world which is not not what I can say I'm I'm always doing by any stretch of the imagination. So <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I make a lot of very violent, you know, disgusting fare. So <laughs> this is not like that. <laughs> um when you're doing the uh, well the evaluation and the judging here, what are you seeing? What are you, what are you looking for? Um I mean, it's funny like Uh, We're evaluating art at the end of the day. And I think that's something that like, you know, as, as we got into the show and we're formatting the show and working on the show and, and something that I was constantly imploring them to just accept is that like, this is your decision. Like there, we, we can try to put up like goalposts for them to hit and you could try to make a system of like a checklist and, 
points and whoever scores the lowest on these points loses but that's not what it is it's art at the end of the day you know what i mean and so there are some technical bars it has to hit to be considered a successful piece of pottery but at the end of the day like it's somewhat you know subjective (laughs) and it is you know experts coming together to convene and decide who uh you know came the closest to like expressing you know what it seemed like the best version of you know this challenge is specifically yeah you're you're not you're not simon cowling these potters here you know no nor are we like giving them like a life-changing opportunity if they (laughs) if they win literally you i I don't think you win anything yeah (laughs) yeah you you don't strike me as like you you don't strike me as someone who wants to go in there and be super hypercritical and and be be hard on them there are moments in the show where you are kind of saying oh you know this could be this or this could be this you know there, there 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 are moments like that I think when you're doing something so detail-oriented, you really want to get in here and look at it. And then when I look out and see these children have no faces, for example, it's a little horrifying. <laughs> and so uh, maybe add faces to these kids next time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And I think you want to express why maybe some people aren't, you know, executing this challenge or you know, uh, expressing their own ideas in the way that they want to express them. I think that's a thing that I deal with a lot in my, you know, writing and producing and and film work is like someone's trying to get something across, but the viewer's just not picking up on it, you know? And that's something that comes across with pottery as well. And so, uh, you know, you want to let people know that maybe their ideas aren't being received in the way they would hope and um but but it's hard you know and yeah you don't want to hurt people's feelings i'm very sensitive i hate receiving negative feedback or even i, I in any way shape or form and so i i yeah i i was very aware of that as i was doing the show <laughs> i would have i would have thought like the years in hollywood you get that like tough skin and I you, think I'm the opposite. I think I've been chipped away at slowly over the years, <laughs> leaving like uh, uh, the shell of what I once was. <laughs> One thing that comes out in the show that I, I, I didn't know is um, your family is originally from Winnipeg. Not you yourself, yeah. but your family is originally from Winnipeg. Yeah. Winnipeg, home of the general strike of 1919. Uh, Winnipeg, home, I know. Listen, it's the CBC. Let me get through it. Uh, Winnipeg, home of like a lot of, I mean, Jewish socialists who oh, you know, yeah. started started things like the Winnipeg Folk Festival, the Winnipeg Community Center, a lot of a lot of big community groups. So then I'm doing research for this, and I see you talk about your folks in a New York Times piece as um, these anti-careerist socialists. What, what what did you mean by that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, kind of what it sounds like. They were always sort of, you know, you know, subscribed to this kind of idea that, like, you dedicate a huge amount of your life to working, and in and in exchange, you got enough money to like barely do anything you wanted. Um, and yeah, they, uh, yeah, they met on a kibbutz, you know. So they were always kind of like uh, they, they, from a very young age, like subscribed to sort of like a socialist lifestyle. We lived in Canada, which is like far more socialist than America, as most people, uh, you know, in 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 Canada should hopefully recognize <laughs> it's not perfect but it's it's much better you know um and uh yeah in general that was always just a part of their kind of philosophy and their teachings and i think my dad maybe was a part of the the communist party at one point in canada <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, you know, they, you know, now they enjoy they're now they enjoy the fanciest things in life. So they've really sold out. They're they they're going cruises. They they're more than happy to enjoy the fruits of 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 my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that's okay under socialism is yeah, enjoy yeah, the fruits so. of your labor. Like, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they are. It's true. <laughs> uh, the cuz in that in that article he, your dad goes on to say that like essentially that I mean given given how you grew up and given your 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 family and what he observed of you growing up, he wasn't expecting you to be this like um intense workaholic that he ended up observing. Yeah, I think part of it is like I you know, I was very lucky in that, like, I had a passion that also was a job. You know what I mean? Not everyone gets that. And not everyone, like, recognizes that from a young age is is that I love doing a thing and it's a thing I could be employed to do, you know? Um, you know, my parents have passions and my mom, my, you know, my mother had a career and, um, you know, but my dad, I think, yeah, just his passions never really correlated to employment <laughs> the the show is shot at the former site of the emily carr school of art and design on, on yeah. granville, granville island um did you ever think about going to art school when you were, you were growing up in richmond not too far from there um no i mean i didn't even graduate from high school so i didn't really think about going to any school much uh, i i hated school and i failed art in eighth grade you failed art in eighth grade. How do you how do you yeah. fail art in eighth grade? Exactly. My teacher just didn't like me, and uh, yeah, she uh, she failed me. So that also kind of put a hamper on my art career. But I always loved art, and when I was young, I like wanted to be an artist. Like that's like, you know, like that was my version of like I want to be an astronaut or I want to you know whatever it is. Like I wanted to be like a painter, but I I'm not a good painter, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's what's nice about ceramics, though. Uh, like is I found an art that I'm good at, that is like a tactile art, you know? Like, I think there are creative things I'm good at that are art, but, it, you know, not like creating a physical product. So I know one of the first things that helped you get into ceramics was the work of uh, Ken Price. Seeing seeing the work of Ken Price was a really important moment for you. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, there was an exhibit at the LACMA, actually, that was... Um, the exhibit itself was actually designed by Frank Gehry because him and uh, Ken Price were good friends, apparently. I think actually that's the thing that drew me to the exhibit. I'd never heard of Ken Price, but I heard Frank Gehry designed like a big installation at the LACMA. And I went and it was, yeah, like a work, like a, like a big retrospective of Ken Price's work. And it really like blew, it really blew my mind. Like it was one of those, I've had a few of those experiences over the years, you know, where you like see a piece of art or like, work of an artist for the first time. And it's really like impactful and, makes you appreciate kind of things that you never appreciated before. And yeah, essentially it was just like this, like they were so vibrant and colorful and, you know, it, it had like a texture and a surface that I'd never quite seen before and just like outwardly psychedelic and kind of fun and playful. And um, yeah, it was really amazing. And yeah, and then years after that, I tried it for the first time and then realized like, oh, uh, I could... You know, it was kind of like I remembered all this Ken Price stuff I really loved and thought, oh, that's like something I could try to rip off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you what do you remember about that first, the, those early ceramics classes? You know, it's, what, 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 it seems like you really took to it right away. 
Yeah, we only took one class, and then we became like members of the studio. So like we, I, I just remember one. I mean, it's very simple. The first class, it's very rudimentary. They kind of just teach you how to center a piece of clay and open it up and make a cylinder, and then you make like an ugly bowl. I've I've given so many people lessons. They all make like the same ugly bowl the first time. Basically, they're kind of all identical. Um, and so that's what I made my first time is the kind of thick, ugly, shallow bowl. Um, and uh, but I really loved it. It was fun, and I liked like making something like physical i think movies you know they have no like they're not a thing you know they're they they they're they're weightless they're you they're, know, they're they, they, ephemeral yes they occupy no space or mass you know um and so to create something that was what i wanted it to look like and represented like an aesthetic and you know, a, 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 an object that I wanted to be making and for it to exist and have like mass and weight uh, was very rewarding. I really liked it. I kind of want to make, I don't know, I kind of want to make a bowl. I kind of want to figure out, should I try pottery? More of my conversation with Seth Rogen coming up. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with actor, writer, director, and now Potter, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is known for big movies like Superbad, Pineapple Express, uh, most recently Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. He's responsible for employing a lot of people through his production company in a business where you're not allowed to fail too many times. So uh, our conversation picks up with me asking Seth if being able to sit quietly and throw clay serves as any... Um, therapeutic or emotional function for him. Yeah, for sure, relaxing and meditative. Like, um, it, it gets you out of your head and puts you in your body a little bit more. And, and it's not like exercise. It's something that is also, like, expressive in some way, you know? Um, and so it, it's enjoyable, you know? And it, it's it's not hard. It's It's fun, you know? And so that's for sure a part of it. And it's also... I think movies are all those things, but mostly I was it's I was on a set last night talking to one of the actors about pottery and explaining that like I love making movies, but one of the difficult things about them is that like you are a part of and at times the leader of like a giant team of people. <laughs> With it is you know, not it's not cumbersome, but it's like steering the Titanic at times, you know, like you it it, it is a large group you're you know, yeah. uh, ushering in various directions. And there's something nice about pottery because it is a singular activity in comparison to the other things that I am doing often, you know? Um, to have a creative outlet that is not reliant on, like, 150 other people for me to bring to life in the way that I want it to be brought to life, you know? I know last time we talked, we, we talked a little bit about weed and we talked about... Um, I think you talked to me about weed helping with ADHD. 
uh, weed helping with like a mild form of Tourette's that, that you know, as a kid and, and how smoking weed really kind of helps you. Um, I mean, look look after yourself with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I wonder if pottery and the ability to slow down and the ability to focus and the meditative nature of it might have helped you with that stuff as well. Um, it might, yeah. I mean, it, it, it for sure doesn't hurt. Like, um, I think it, it's it's very good for your brain to learn new things. I think mostly what I've found is interesting and helpful and something that I am proud that I took on as an adult is most adults just don't want to learn new things. Like, they, they just don't want to, like... <laughs> really start at zero <laughs> and work their way up through the progression of a thing. Like, it, it, adults want to be good at stuff, and they want to feel like they know what they're doing and that they've earned the, their place in the world and that they have a handle on things. You know what I mean? And 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 it's funny because I teach a lot of my friends pottery and people come over and try pottery, and, and it is like an amazing... It, common trait among adults is they don't want to listen and they don't want to they don't want to just take simple instruction and they don't want to be a student and they don't want to have someone tell them like you don't know how to do this but if you want to learn here's what you have to do they'd rather feel like I think I can do it. I've seen it. I, I think most people maybe can't but I think I can and and it's and the people who do just listen and accept that it's a thing they've never done and they should accept that and just like adopt the role of a student and listen and 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 take in the instruction and try to do it they do very good and some people are like i got this i don't want to yeah i know you're telling me to do this but i think i can do it like this those people it never goes well and they're like so frustrated at the end of of their of of the hour you know and 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 it's really interesting and and yeah and it's made me i think recognize the importance of of understanding that you don't know everything and I don't know everything and that and that we can learn things still and that we can like and that and that you can start at zero and then within a few years have a very good knowledge of a thing and 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 really like uh, a good understanding of it and, and an ability to do it if it's like an activity you know so that's also been very encouraging if this is a thing I took up when I was like 38 years old or something, you know, so like, and, and I've gotten very good at it. And I've, I feel like kind of, you know, found a place for myself in the world of it. And, um, yeah, and it's, and it's not a thing I really even thought about until I was, you know, like, like my midlife, you know. And then it, it leads to this whole other world for you. I mean, I want to talk yeah. about house. I want to talk about houseplant a little bit. the The website for houseplant says houseplant makes nice things. This is your business. The nice things for people who love weed. Uh, <laughs> we do this because we believe that the objects we use to smoke should be just as awesome and elegant as the plant itself. Talk, talk to me yeah. about that. Yeah, you know, like houseplant started really organically. You know, I was. Uh, I was building, uh, I was moving in a new house and I was looking for <laughs> ashtrays and lighters and home goods. And, and I found that like, I was having a really hard time, like finding stuff that I, f- that, that was nice. Yeah. Basically, you know, um, and then I started buying a lot of like antiques and vintage stuff because, you know, 
you know, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, like no one knew smoking was bad for you. And so it, it was a very exciting industry for people and people smoking cigarettes, you know, and so uh, so great creative minds shamelessly poured themselves into into thinking of things for people who enjoyed that activity, you know, and then smoking very rightfully went out of fashion and 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 people stopped thinking about that. But now there's a, two, a new type of smoking, you know, um, and... And, and that's what made me start thinking about it is like, okay, like, you know, smoking cigarettes is bad, but smoking weed is not. And, and people who smoke weed deserve to have nice things and they deserve to have people put creative thought into those things. Just like, you know, people put creative thought into what your headphones look like and what your, what everything looks like, you know? So why can't, why does, the stuff that go along with weed not not deserve that as well and 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 that's really what we started to do and then it was kind of parallel paths as I, I was doing pottery around the same time and just started making my own ashtrays and stuff like that because it was a thing I just was fascinated by and I would always say like I think like ashtrays were one of the objects I like interacted most with throughout any given day you know I just was constantly you know using an ashtray and so um, I had a lot of thoughts of like what an ashtray should have and what what qualities I was looking for in an ashtray. And so I started making these ashtrays that were like a cup with like a notch where you can rest the joint and then deep enough that if you throw the roaches in, they're, it's not blowing ash everywhere and you can walk around with it and it's not messing up your whole house, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was really, it was like a convergence of a lot of things, which, you know, I found a lot of my best work has come from like a convergence of a lot of ideas and and me finding ways to take things that I'm interested in and things that I'm doing and timing and all of them coming together in, in like one thing. And, and Houseplant was definitely that, you know. Right, because I, I think up until very, very recently, you're right, up until very recently, any sort of like weed-based ashtrays or or lighters or just things to have around your house, I don't know, they're they're... They had a really kind of specific look, like yeah, like they had like a like a like a neon colored yin yang on them or something <laughs> like that. Like that's <laughs> they had a basically. Pantera logo on it. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> basically, the look. I'm sure you remember that from like the head shops in Vancouver. You know, for sure. I think and I think that's probably one of the things I was like reacting against in some way was like I I want to smoke weed, but I don't want to like uh, you know necessarily have. Like yeah, like a like a pink smiley face on my on my coffee table as, as my ashtray. I don't want to have to wear so much tie dye. Exactly. I mean, I like the Grateful Dead, but do I love the Grateful Dead? Well, it's. I mean, like it's. It sounds to me like it's not just the craft itself. It's the culture around the craft. It's the thought behind the craft of pottery that yeah. you, and and. Has being in the great Canadian pottery throwdown, has any of the work you've seen through any of the con contestants inspired what you've done when you've gone back to your own pottery? For sure. I mean, honestly, I was I was so happy with how good they all were, honestly. Like that 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 was my that was my real fear, is that like I as a pottery fan would be watching the show and it wouldn't seem impressive and it wouldn't seem aspirational and I wouldn't be like oh wow like look at what they're doing in this amount of time that they have and with the resources they're given like like that that was really what I was 
hoping would happen, and you just don't know. It's funny. I've never made or produced like a reality competition show like this before, and this was our first one, and it, it was kind of funny as we were going into it because we were just like, we have no idea if like what's going to happen. <laughs> like We like, can't break like, jokes. We no, can't. We were like, literally like everyone's stuff could just explode in the kiln the first episode. <laughs> You're just like, what, the, what do you do then? Like the, the whole show's, there's no show. And I was so pleased week after week when it seemed to pay off and people's work seemed to not only survive, but really in general, like surpass my expectation in, in, in how good and awesome it was. Well, it's, it's a beautiful show, man. Nice to see you there. Thanks, thanks for making the time for us. Thank you. Seth Rogen is one of the executive producers and guest judges of the great Canadian Pottery Throwdown, uh, which airs Thursday at 8 on CBC TV. It's available to stream for free on CBC Jam. If you like the great, if you like the Great British Bake Off, you're gonna you're gonna love this. If you like the Great British Bake Off and you like ceramics, you're, you're gonna love this. Uh, the other conversation we have up today is my conversation with speaking of Canadian idols, legends, um, Alan Doyle, one of the most dynamic performers in Canadian history, has toured the country over and over and over again with his band Great Big C and and, and on his own. Just the best showman. One of the best showmen in, in Canadian music. So what happens when the consummate entertainer writes an album that's a little bit more personal? A little bit more about being a father. A little bit more about getting older. Um, Alan Doyle will tell you why that's terrifying. It's on the uh, podcast. Go check that out wherever you got this podcast. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.